2: Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, whether this is your first time, or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. So often we escape to the water for a calming vacation or cleansing experience, but deep beneath the water's surface lurks a world that is less known to scientists than outer space. A world looming with deadly creatures and angry entities that are trapped forever in a watery abyss. So beware where you dip your toes, because you may never come out alive. First, a haunting past, followed by the ocean's revenge. Finally, in our last story, a deadly calling. Before we get to our stories, I wanted to ask if you would take a minute to rate and review this podcast. You can pause here and do it right now, or you can do it after you've listened. It's one of the ways you can help something scary continue to grow, and it only takes a minute. Thank you so, so much. We are incredibly grateful for all of the support of our listeners. So, wanna hear something scary? Deep Blue Dread. Sometimes the anticipation of a new environment can be more anxiety-inducing than the actual experience. But sometimes, even your most dreadful nightmares couldn't live up to the horrors you are about to face. Like in this story written in honor of Black History Month by one of our favorite horror writers, Jerry Juhegu. Jasmine hadn't really wanted to make the move from Los Angeles to Gainesville, Georgia. It's too slow and gets too cold for her there. Though her parents wanted to give her more, it wasn't quite the more she was looking for as she was headed into her high school years. They kind of sprung the whole thing on her because the entertainment strikes had really done a number on her parents' financial outlook and priorities. So their once seasonal lake home had become their now permanent home to the chagrin of Jasmine. The nights in Gainesville, Georgia are nothing like Los Angeles, pitch black with the yard only illuminated by the clove of the moon through the trees. Jasmine could hear the wind rippling across the lake. Sounds through the country night air made it really hard to sleep in the dark bedroom. And when Jasmine heard a thud against her windowpane, she sat up, catching her breath because her heart had skipped a beat. It was the witching hour. Sometime between three to four in the morning, Jasmine could feel the hair on her arms stand up. They were on their way. She'd hoped tonight would be different. Not tonight, she whispered to herself as she reached through the darkness to grab her phone. It was as if she had believed the flashlight on the phone would somehow act as a lightsaber and protect her. However, there was nowhere to hide from them. Even though she needed to use the bathroom after being startled awake, Jasmine dared not to attempt to leave the safety of her bed because her parents' room was clear on the other side of the 6,000 square foot house. Her parents would never get to her if she made a run for it. And they know the house, the woods, and the lake better than any living creature. Pulling up her fluffy white blanket Jasmine tried to make herself small underneath the covers, curling up and into a fetal position, open just enough to see out. All she could think about was protecting her face if they came close tonight. Her eyes fitted across the room frantically from the windows to the opposite wall, to the bedroom door that seemed miles away. It was late and Jasmine knew it would only be a matter of time before they carried her off through the woods and onto the dock. Jasmine was seven the first time she saw them. Her parents thought she was sleepwalking, so they set up locks to keep her inside. Unfortunately, what they really needed to do was call Ghostbusters to keep them out. She could never get used to this house on Lake Lanier. It had been hard coming out to the lake house through the years, but she always knew she would get to leave and go back home after summer vacation. Now, there is no vacation. Discouraged, Jasmine closed her eyes and waited. They took turns poking her. She knew they wanted something, but she could never remember the encounters long enough to figure it all out. She'd just wake up in bed with muddy feet in the mornings. It's always like waiting for the roller coaster ride to drop. One minute you're sleeping, and the next you're staring at the present and the past at the same time. Their eyes sunken and sullen as they stood around in their vintage 1950s attire almost like they had been crying all night. Sometimes they would have suitcases and crates. Other times, they'd just stand on either side of Jasmine, silent and waiting. Wide-eyed, Jasmine gripped her pajamas as the tugging on her body intensified. She was levitating off the bed and, in an instant, she was in the woods, surrounded. Surrounded by hundreds of people that were not forming a circle of trust. Shivering, cold, and panting, Jasmine's stomach dropped as the crowd's mood shifted. They wrangled her towards the clearing of the dock. Her legs trembled as the moist red clay mud filled in the gaps between her toes and the brush scraping against her bare arms drew blood. Only the light of the moon gave Jasmine any indication that her house was now a full acre behind her and the water was nigh. Please, Jasmine cried out, but the sound just faded into the night. It felt like tonight was different, rougher. The crowd felt angry because they were. Tonight's the anniversary of their 1950 displacement. Jasmine had heard the ghost stories through the years. Lake Lanier was a man-made lake and occasionally people would disappear on the lake to never be found again. She was very careful not to swim out in the deep or even alone for fear she would become one of the over 675 unrecovered souls lost in those murky waters. This crowd was the black townspeople from Oscarville, wailing and mourning the loss of their land, their schools, and their businesses to the filling of Lake Lanier. Carrying Jasmine, they stepped up to the water's edge. She could taste blood on her lips. It felt like it was being poured over her, but that was terror washing over her. She tasted more and more blood as her teeth cut through her bottom lip. A more violent push on Jasmine's shoulders happened as they took her out into the water, their arms squarely against her shoulders, legs and torso as if being offered up. Whimpering, Jasmine tried to scream, but no sound came out. The rain started pouring, like a thousand cold knives against her face and skin. With her arms outstretched, Jasmine also began to wail cradling the base of her skull, they took her deeper and deeper into the murky waters of Lake Lanier. Shuddering, Jasmine glanced back at the house through the woods as she thought, no one is ever going to find me. Her body trembled because Jasmine understood tonight was about retribution. A child for a child, a house for a house, a soul for a soul. Suddenly, as they carried Jasmine deeper into the murky waters, flames burst out atop them. A ghostly silhouette of the white mob fires cleansing the land of 1,100 African Americans lit up the lake. The water felt warm against her skin now as the flames dashed around the crowd and Jasmine. However this was going to end, the townspeople wanted Jasmine to bear witness. Please, please God, no. She yelled in her mind as the crowd moved further into the deep. She cried out calling for help. All Jasmine heard was the swashing as the murky water enveloped her as she sank deeper. In earnest, Jasmine cried out again from underneath the bubbling water and all went black. As she opened her eyes in the morning, Jasmine felt her mother cradling her in her arms as the murky water from her lungs spilled out onto the shore beside the dock. She could see the fear, the gratitude, and the confusion on her mother's face. As their eyes finally locked, They both knew tonight had been so much more than a child sleepwalking through the night. Have you ever heard of the infamous Lake Lanier and the history behind it? Would you ever pay a visit to the famous Death Lake yourself? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. Sometimes we think we know what we want until we're faced with the real consequences. But by that time, it might be too late to turn back, like in this story inspired by Caden. The moon hung low in the sky, casting its dim light across the middle of the ocean. The only other source of light in the deep sea was the glow of a cruise ship. On board the luxurious cruise ship, the passengers partied and celebrated. Among them was Nico, a curious and adventurous teen boy with an insatiable thirst for exploration, no matter the level of danger. The cruise ship named Majestic Horizon was a famous cruise liner known for bizarre supernatural occurrences. Undoubtedly, a marketing ploy to reach tourists interested in an otherworldly experience. It was like a floating city adorned with sparkling lights, pulsating music, the laughter of vacationers and the promise of ancient entities. Nico, accompanied by his parents, felt the excitement course through his veins. The ship was massive and the darkness of the night presented the perfect opportunity for him to go exploring on the boat, uncovering hidden mysteries. His sneakers squeaked against the polished deck as he made his way towards the stern. Nico leaned against the railing, peering into the abyss below. The water, normally serene and reflective, now seemed to conceal something lurking, ignoring his gnawing unease. He couldn't resist the temptation to climb over the railing and descend a narrow staircase that led to the lower decks with a sign that read, "'Keep out, Captain Only.'" Nico found himself in a secluded area at the ship's rear, where the dim glow of emergency lights barely illuminated the surroundings. The air became heavy, undeterred. Nico passed on. He felt like there was something there and he knew he wasn't welcome. The narrow corridors led him to the ship's maintenance area, a labyrinth of pipes, cables, and dimly lit corners. The rhythmic hum of the ship's engines reverberated through the metallic structure. As he ventured deeper, The silence became oppressive and the distant sounds of partying faded away. Suddenly, the ship's gentle swaying transformed into a disconcerting lurch. Alarms blared and emergency lights flickered. Panic gripped Nico as he stumbled, desperately trying to find his way back to the main deck. The once familiar passageways now felt like an endless maze. With each step, the air grew colder and the rhythmic hum turned into a deep drone Nico rounded a corner and stumbled upon a door slightly open. The soft glow of moonlight seeped through the crack, illuminating a room filled with barrels and crates. A pungent smell wafted through the air, one that made Nico's stomach churn. Cautiously, he pushed the door open and peered inside. What he saw froze the blood in his veins. The room was filled with an otherworldly substance, a thick, dark liquid that seemed to pulsate with a living energy. It clung to the barrels and seeped from hairline cracks in the floor. In the center of the room, Nico spotted an ancient-looking symbol etched onto the floor. He'd never seen anything like it before. Mesmerized by the grotesque beauty of the liquid, he failed to notice the distant screams and chaos echoing through the ship. As Nico approached the mysterious substance, a voice echoed in his mind, dripping whisper that seemed to seep through the cracks of reality. Awaken, it hissed. As tendrils of the dark liquid reached out towards him, beckoning him closer, the room seemed to warp and contort. In a trance, Nico extended his hand, his fingertips grazing the surface of the liquid. It felt cold, yet alive, a sentient darkness that whispered to his soul. The whispers grew louder, merging with the ship's groans and the anguished cries of its passengers. The once dormant symbol on the floor began to simmer with light. Nico's eyes widened in horror as the liquid surged upward, forming a grotesque figure with elongated limbs and a faceless visage. The creature towered over him, its presence suffocating. Reality broke as the creature spoke in a cacophony of voices, each more nightmarish than the last. it declared. Its form moving with an unnatural rhythm. Nico's mind reeled, his senses overwhelmed by the horror before him. As the ship plunged into chaos, Nico's parents desperately searched for their missing son. Panic and terror gripped the once celebratory atmosphere as passengers fled from the darkness. The ship itself seemed to writhe in agony as if it were a living being. Nico now caught in the clutches of the creature, felt a surge of power coursing through him as the whispers grew louder. Yet beneath it all, another voice pleaded for release, a voice that resonated with the core of his humanity. With a surge of willpower, Nico tried to resist the creature's seduction. Despite his desperate struggle, the tendrils of the living darkness tightened around Nico, pulling him deeper into the grotesque figure's embrace. And Nico's mind became a battleground between the Force and his diminishing humanity. As the ship descended into further chaos, the majestic horizon itself seemed to react with groaning walls. Passengers ran around in terror, some even getting into lifeboats, while Nico's parents, frantic with worry, searched for him everywhere. Nico was caught in the clutches of the entity, surrounded by pulsating darkness. Suddenly, the ancient symbol on the floor glowed with an unholy radiance. The creature now fully manifested, turned its formless gaze towards Nico. The voices within the creature echoed with a perverse glee. Sacrifice for awakening. It hissed in a chorus of demonic tones. The room quaked as the creature's tendrils tightened their grip once more. Nico's desperate cry echoed through the ship, mingling with the agonized wails of the passengers. In that horrifying moment, the majestic horizon seemed to acknowledge the awakening of an ancient evil. The ship's once lustrous facade crumbled, revealing a grotesque transformation beneath. The laughter of passengers was replaced by the cries of a vessel now enslaved by a beast that had been dormant for centuries. As the ship descended into the abyss, consumed by darkness and despair, the creature claimed its vessel and Nico leaving nothing but the haunting echoes of a once lively cruise ship lost to the depths of the horror of the ocean. But one thing is for sure, the passengers all got what they paid for, a supernatural experience. Have you ever been on a cruise ship? Did it freak you out to be in the middle of the ocean? Or was it calming? Did you encounter anything supernatural? If so, tell us your story by sending us an email at somethingscarysnarled.com. Sometimes being alone can seem peaceful and solemn Until you realize there's always something lurking Like in this story inspired by Ayana The night enveloped my house in a silence that I have never noticed before It was the first time I was staying home alone My parents and my grandmother were on their way to a family friend's wedding Leaving me behind to drown in my textbooks and soccer drills I wanted to go, but in my house, the threat of missing school or scoring below an A in class was not an option, so I had to stay home. At first, I was pissed. Then I got excited at the thought of having the house all to myself. Being a junior in high school, it felt like this would prepare me better for going away to college. But when I was by myself was when I noticed how dark and creaky the house really was. Whatever, it was only for a couple of nights. I had dinner at my friend's house. It was a quick escape before the inevitable return to solitary confinement of my own home. By 10 p.m., I clicked the door shut, sealing me within the confines of an empty house. A phone call from my mother at 10.30 p.m. told me to get into bed for the night. Obeying the command, I turned off all the lights, leaving the house in complete darkness. As I attempted to get some sleep, something kept gnawing at me. Tossing and turning, I wished for the calming presence of my grandmother, my dadi, a classic remedy to sleeplessness. I was lucky she lived with us. However, the realization struck that she, too, was away with my parents at the wedding. In a half-asleep daze, I instinctively called out to her, forgetting for a moment that I was alone. The bed creaked in response, and an unexpected weight settled upon it. A soft, Familiar hum floated through the air, mimicking my Dottie's soothing melody. Drifting further into sleep, I was suddenly jolted awake by a gentle, cool breeze brushing against my bare hands. Confusion gave way to terror as I found myself standing on the edge of our swimming pool, witnessing a vague figure vanish into thin air. At first, I thought it was a dream, but the cold, wet water jolted me away. I was sleepwalking freaked out but too delirious to process the strange event i shook it off and went back into the house to go to sleep i drifted off quickly i heard the soothing sounds of my dotty once more and then my feet started to get cold the pain of the chill rushed up my body until i awoke from a choking nightmare to my horror it wasn't a nightmare i was now gasping for air in the center of the freezing cold pool When I turned to swim toward the stairs, I froze. There it was again, the imposing figure in the pool. But this time, I got a closer look. Paralyzed by fear, realization struck me. I knew this haunting presence. My Dottie had told me many stories of the Hindu myth. It was none other than the evil Chalawa. It embodied the vengeful spirit of a person who met a tragic and way too young of an end. The Chalawa possessed the uncanny ability to deceive by assuming the appearance or voice of a loved one, leading its victims to water bodies where it sought to drown them. Desperation clawed at me and I began to pray, invoking every defense I knew of against the menacing spirit, clutching my gold pendant that had been blessed by the temple priest. Adorned with the image of Lord Ganesha, I ran indoors. I ran right to my dadi's altar that stood in her bedroom, where I feverishly began to pray as my shield against the creature come to life. I didn't dare sleep, or this time I might not wake up in the water. My fear was I wouldn't wake up at all. Morning light brought a semblance of normalcy as I tried to share my experience from the night before. The realization that I, a non-sleepwalker, had found myself on the verge of the pool intensified my fears and trauma. Tearfully retelling the incident to my family caused skepticism with only my grandmother believing my whole ordeal. My mother dismissed the encounter as a byproduct of missing my dotty while they were gone, saying the hallucinations were induced by school stress. Yet, an unshakable certainty lay within me. This was no mere hallucination. A fear was held deep within me knowing I've seen the creature once and there's no doubt it had its sights set on me. The only question was, Win. Do you have a swimming pool? Did you ever imagine anything other than your pool floaties existing inside of it? This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, narration by Blair Bathory, audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
0: Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why.
2: I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less
0: paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing.